You're listening to the Roanoke Valley Church Podcast. Uh, for Jewish 
Jewish, Jewish culture and Jewish people. Uh, and during this time, many Jewish leaders and Roman leaders saw the church as a threat. And so we've already seen that in other stories in Acts and, and elsewhere. So Agrippa wanted to persecute the church. The Jewish leaders wanted to persecute the church. We've seen that happen already in, in the book of Acts. Right, yep. And so they had a common enemy of sorts. And so when Herod sees that the Jews approve of the execution of James, he says, okay, let's, let's, let's keep going with this. Uh, he says, I'm going to arrest Peter. So because he wanted to continue to curry favor with the people. Yep. And so he planned to have him executed after the Passover. And so he had to wait until after because it went against Jewish law to execute someone during the Passover. Which is interesting because if you know your Bible, then you know that Jesus was actually crucified during the Passover. And, and that's powerful because Jesus served as the fulfillment of that Passover. Yep. The final Passover lamb. Behold the lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world, right? Yep. As it says okay. in John 1, which is really powerful for me. Amen? Amen. Okay. So James is dead, and Peter is in prison, and this is happening during the most celebrated Jewish holiday. So, my first point today is Christmas is coming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I need you guys to buckle up. It's a little bit of a long point. Uh, but I only got two points, so you guys should be okay. All right. Okay. Now, I'm going to start with. I used to be a bit of a Grinch. Actually, I probably still, you probably could say that I still am. Um, <laughs> and I really did not enjoy the Christmas season until about a few years ago when I just decided, I was like, okay, this is, I, I should change this. Let's, let's get in the spirit, let's listen to some Christmas music. So uh, now I listen to Christmas music probably a little bit earlier than most, a little bit in November, and you might even, you might even, on a good day, you might catch me wearing a Christmas tie or maybe even a Christmas sweater, but not yesterday uh, for those of you who were at our Christmas sweater thing that we did. <laughs> so, Sade, my wife, is way more festive than I am. That's her. She's, she's about every holiday, even ones I don't know about. Um, so, Christmas is coming. So, I need a show of hands. I need you guys to raise your hand if you finish your Christmas shopping already. Wow. 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 So, you guys, we know who the overachievers are. Yeah, right. We know exactly who they are. Uh, now I want you to raise your hand if you haven't even started Christmas shopping. That's okay. That's okay. We still got a little bit of time left. You're all right. You're okay. You some time You know? Church, we are just three weeks away. Three weeks away from the most celebrated holiday in our country. And I want us to learn from our brothers and sisters of the early church. And so Passover was a time for Israel to celebrate their deliverance from Egypt by eating a Passover lamb. And this lamb was meant to serve as a symbol of how God freed his people in Egypt by letting his judgment pass over their houses because of the blood of the lamb that they sacrificed then. Uh, you go back and read that story in Exodus. I love it. It's one of my favorite in the Bible. And so this holiday for them is meant to remind Israel of how God brought them out of their slavery and turmoil and into abundance. And even though it's celebrated in, East, in April when we normally celebrate Easter, uh, I believe that that same approach is needed through this Christmas season yeah, okay. as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Uh, so, so often I've seen in my life, uh, and in, in our church I think, that the holidays can become a time to check out. Yeah. Sure. We check out spiritually and allow the busyness to disconnect us from the disciplines of prayer and of reading the word. And we become disconnected from our brothers and sisters in the church because a lot of times most of us are traveling and things like that. Sure. Uh, or we just have 
we have tons of family stuff and business that, that's going on. Um, but here we see that during their most celebrated holiday, prayer was being made intensely for Peter. Good point. Yeah. And they were connected and in step with the Spirit. Now, your first reaction might be to say, well, if John went to prison next week, the Ooh. church would be praying for him. <laughs> and you're probably right. We would be. I would hope that we would be. The yes. church would be praying. Absolutely. Yes. But my question is, is prayer only meant to be offered intensely in times of crisis? Is it our last resort? Is prayer our last resort? And no, it's not. But And I know that we know this, but I, I also know that that's how I live sometimes. That prayer does become a last resort. And I want to challenge us this holiday season to continue to grow in the discipline of prayer. And to be attuned to how God is moving through us and in the lives of those around us, regardless of where we might be spiritually right now. Because I know this year and the past two years have been a struggle. Yes. They've been a struggle for us, but God is still on the move. Amen. 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 Come on, bro. So it, it, this goes back to part of what John preached last week. Uh, if you didn't go, you weren't here for that, you missed that sermon, it was hybrid, it was virtual, please go back and listen to it, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and today, so, so today might serve as a big add-on to last week, and that's okay, because yes. I think John did a great job. <laughs> so, family, my question is, what can we be praying intensely for? Yeah. What can we be praying intensely for? Mm. Are we going to check out this holiday season, or are we ready to be used by God to do something amazing? Come on, this time of year is uh, particularly special for me. Yes. Because I became a disciple in late December of 2014. Right. Right. And uh, I had one of those prayers, like John referenced last week, like Doug or Paula. Uh, I was crying in the fetal position of my apartment, saying, God, I don't know if you're real. Yeah. I can't feel you. I can't see you. I have no idea if you're real. Mm. And if you are, then I need you to show up. Mm. Wow. I need you to show up. And three days later, you guys, I got a random phone call from a brother named Joshua Ward, yeah. and he asked me to study the Bible. I didn't even have the number saved in my phone. Yeah. So it's a miracle that I can answer, because I don't answer <laughs> unknown numbers, usually. So I answered the phone call. What a godsend. That was one of John's points. That was the title of the lesson from last night. What a godsend. I mean, how amazing is that, you guys? And it was the first week of November, I remember. Uh, probably, and I, and I agreed to go to midweek and then have my first Bible study after church. Come on, man. So I woke up the next day, and I was not allowed of you guys. Like, I remember this so vividly. I did not want to show up. And so I remember getting off of work, and I remember pacing around my room. Like, I know, I know I said I would go, but I got to find a way out. So I, I even tried to take a nap so that I could use falling asleep as an excuse to not go. I know we've all done that to something at some event at some time. So I was, I was not about it, you guys. And so I ended up just trying to go late, hoping, hoping, this is legit my thought process. I said, if I go late enough, I'll miss most of the lesson in service, and then I can just pop out kind of quickly, no one will notice, right? And so I showed up, we were meeting at this the grimy quality end. Yes. Back then, it, I mean, legit grimy. Legit. <laughs> so I showed up around 8 p.m., which is super late for our midweek service. We start at 7, so usually we're done, you know. Uh, and unfortunately for me, that night, Damien Ayala was preaching. And <laughs> I soon learned he's super long-winded. 
super long with it. And he definitely went long that night. Definitely went long. And so he was talking about uh, Thanksgiving coming up. And he basically foiled my plans to get out of there soon. Because I heard the majority of the lesson I thought. Uh, <laughs> and so I stayed. And I, re I still remember to this day. I remember one of the questions from that night. And I'm going to send that same charge to you all. You all. We are three weeks from Christmas and a few more days from New Year, plus or minus. What do you want to see God do? Yeah, How can God use this holiday to move through you and in you? You know, I don't know what the prayers of the church were here in Acts for Peter. I don't, I don't know what they were praying. But I know that there was a major need in their church. And they were unified in taking that before God. And even if we don't have a specific need, like someone in our fellowship going to jail, about to be executed, we don't have something like that. Not that I know, but to my knowledge. <laughs> we can all be praying for God to bring someone to him over these next few weeks. For God to use us to encourage or strengthen someone in our circle. And maybe that means... Uh, maybe that means sharing the gospel with your parents for the first time. Mm, or connecting with a family member in a deeper way. Yeah. I'm not talking to just the teens, you guys. Yeah, man. I'm talking to us because we all have those family members who we know need God. Yeah, that's right. We know that they need God, you guys. Yeah. Maybe it's finally sharing your faith with that neighbor or friend from your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Someone you see every day when you take out the trash or as you drive around, maybe it's finally giving them a call and saying, hey, let's get together. Yeah, come on. Or maybe it looks like bringing up God at your work Christmas party. I can already, like yeah. saying that, I, you can just feel the tension there almost. Sure. Yep. But these are the things that God can move through. Mm -hmm. yeah. So family, let's go after Staying locked in spiritually through Christmas. Yes, yes. Instead of checking out. God is still on the move. Yes. So let's be attentive to the spirit. And how God is trying to use us. Amen. Now. I feel like I could stop there. Thanks <laughs> God. Appreciate it. Uh, but it's only been probably 10 or 15 minutes. And so John told me I got to keep you guys here. So I got to keep going. So we're gonna keep reading and let's see how let's see how God moved in this story. Come on, man. So we're in Acts 12. Let's pick up in verse 6. It says, On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with chains, and guards in the front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near Peter, and a light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter's side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Put on your belt and strap on your sandals, and he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow, and yet did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Now, when they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along the street, and immediately the angel departed from them. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth this angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod 
and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Amen. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Martha, where many were gathered and together and were praying. When he knocked at the door of the gate, a slave woman named Rhoda came to answer, and when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. They said, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, good. He described to them how the Lord had led them out of prison, and he said, report these things to James and the brothers, and then he left and went to another place. Now when day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what could have become of Peter. When Herod had searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away to execution. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and was spending time there. Wow. So my second point today is holy melatonin, because I need sleep like Peter got sleep. Because that dude was out. I'm just kidding. Don't write that down. It's not actually a point. Um, but I will say there is something to be said about the faith of Jesus and his faith in the, the promises of God. Yeah. But I'm going to save that for another day. Yeah. <laughs> my second and final point today, you guys, is do you see what I see? So I'll listen to Christmas music. You see, I got I'm not saying. Anyways, the early church got to see God do something amazing. Yeah. If you know me, you know one of my favorite saying is, look at God. Yeah. Amen. So we got to see God do something amazing in this story. So I want to unpack this miracle and the depth of it. Okay. So God came through and clutch for here, here for Peter and the church. Herod built Peter with four squads to be sure he didn't escape. So these were uh, 16 soldiers total. They would have been set up in squads of four and kind of rotated in and out. Um, and up to this point, if you know, like we've read in the book of Acts, these guys were super slippery. So he was trying to be sure. They were super slippery. They, Peter's already escaped prison, I think, twice at this point, or at least once. Somebody's escaped prison. They, they, they got out of prison a lot during the book of Acts, <laughs> uh, kind of miraculously. And so Peter and the other apostles are showing themselves to be slippery. And he wanted to make sure that they didn't get out. And so these soldiers, they would have been super motivated, you guys. Like, because Roman law states that a soldier would face whatever punishment was coming to that prisoner if that prisoner escaped. So these were the 16 dudes that were like, if this dude gets away, we're going to die. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's all the motivation I need. That's it. <laughs> I'm not sleeping, <laughs> but Peter clearly was asleep. You guys, like, I, I can't put this in perspective uh, well enough. They would have known that their life was on the line. Yep. Mm -hmm. And despite Herod setting up all of these things to try to keep Peter in wow. chains, it didn't happen. Yep. And the only thing that I can think of is that despite those human efforts, if God is for us, then who can be Amen. against us? Yeah. Yep. If God is for us, then who can be against us? It, it, it just is. It's, it's so powerful to me. When I was reading this passage, thinking about all the, the stuff they tried to do to keep Peter. Mm -hmm. And God said, it, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. And that scripture, that verse, if God is for us, who can be against us, is as true today as it was back then. Right, right, right. right. God... 
God does amazing work here during a dire situation. Yep. But if you read this passage, I think it begs the question, what does that mean for James, who wasn't delivered? That's true. What does that mean for him? Because James died. But Peter did it. So does that mean that the church didn't pray for him? I don't believe that to be true because studying the book of Acts, we've seen that the church has built their foundation on prayer. So I don't believe that the church wasn't praying for James and then Peter goes to Daryl and they're like, oh, we got to pray now because the last time it didn't go well. Does it mean that Peter was more important? No, no, absolutely not. It doesn't mean that. Family, it simply means that James's work was done and Peter's wasn't. And that, that choice is completely up to our sovereign God. When God says that our work is done, then we don't have a reason to stick around. Young or old. And it doesn't mean that those things aren't hard or difficult. But the divine providence of God is a mystery to us. Mm -hmm. But his ways are not our ways. And that is sometimes a very hard truth to wrap our minds around. I know it is for me. But Hebrews 11 says, by faith, some escaped the edge of the sword. By faith, others were killed with the sword. But the beauty of it is that in both circumstances, God can be praised. But how easy is it for our own Failed expectations to stifle our ability to pray. Yeah. We say, well, I tried praying about my finances, but I'm still struggling. Or I tried to pray for my wife or my husband. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> but they never change. And then we stop. We stop praying. Or we pray faithfully for someone to see their need for God. Mm-hmm. But then they don't. Mm-hmm. And we stop. Yeah. Well, so. Or in this situation... If I were in the church, I think it would have been very easy for my heart to say that we just saw James die. So what's the point? Yeah. He's doomed. Mm-hmm. They got 16 guards. And I would have looked at those challenges there and probably would have been like, I, I mean, I'll join you guys. I'll, I'll be there. I'll pray. But I don't yeah. really think it's going to. We just saw this dude die. Like, That's real. How hard is that? But the church was committed to bringing their prayers to God, whether he gave them the answer they wanted or not. Wow. Yep. And I feel like I say something like that every single time I get up here at this point. Because the church had built their foundation on prayer, you guys. Yep. It's part of their DNA. It's part of who they were. And church, our world and our community need us to be committed to prayer. That's right. Our families need us to be committed to prayer. God is on the move, and he is looking to continue doing miracles in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Yep. And we've already seen God do amazing things through the faith of his people, mm-hmm. both here in Acts and in the church right here on them. You know, it, when you read this story and you look back at, at the story of the Passover, you can see that God delivered Peter the same way that he saved Israel in Exodus. And he did this to show that his power and faithfulness are still at work, just as they were then. Mm -hmm. And this story would have served as further proof 
that God was and is fighting for his church. Yeah, good point. So as Christmas approaches, you guys, I hope that you can stay locked in spiritually. Amen. Committed to prayer. Let's be a church who not only reflects on what God has done for us, but a church who also can project vision for what God is doing for us and through us to our entire community. Because God is on the move, you guys. And we get to see something miraculous happen here. How powerful would it be if over the next three weeks we prayed intensely for someone to come to know God? For one of our family members to have uh, to be strengthened or encouraged for us to build a, a deeper relationship with someone who we've been thinking about because I know these things are on our hearts yeah. I know they're on our hearts but church we need to do this together the church prayed intensely together yeah. and I believe that we can take that same attitude and apply it for our lives mm -hmm. let's be a church who projects vision for what God is doing for us and through us to our entire I can't wait to see what miracle God does this holiday season and New Year. That's all I got for you guys today. That's awesome. Amen. There you go, brother. Thanks for listening to the Roanoke Valley Church podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and YouTube at Roanoke Valley Church. Like and subscribe to us on Facebook. And be sure to come back here to check out more sermons every Sunday.